Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You can keep texting us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line 7804960063. Get the new floors you always wanted. Ashley Fine Floors, 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, open Monday to Saturday. We're going to head off to the River Creek Resort and Casino Hotline. The River Creek Resort and Casino Excitement Bet on it. Open 24-7-365. It is Throwback Friday with Edmonton Sporting Icon, Montreal-based media personality. I believe he is in Seattle. It's George LaRock for Conlon Motorsports. They'll help you get Get out there. Visit one of Conlon Motorsports' four locations across Alberta or online at conlonmotorsports.ca. Hello, George. How are you doing? Very good, Bob. How's everything? Not bad. What are you doing in Seattle? Well, I just got in. Perfect timing. Uh, I flew in from Montreal, obviously, today. Uh, I have a few charitable events to do in Seattle with with uh, different uh, diversity group, a uh, couple hockey yeah. clinics that I'll be giving, a couple uh, public speaking that I'm doing here uh, with the team. Then I'm going to go see uh, the game, uh, the Kraken and the Leaf, doing some stuff with some community coming to the game. On Monday, I'm talking to the, to the players like I did in Edmonton, the diversity training that I do for the NHL for the Kraken on Monday morning. On Tuesday, I'm fl- on Tuesday, I'm flying to um, to Minnesota. I'm doing the same thing in Mini, and then I'm flying back to uh, flying back to uh, Montreal. All right, and I know you did. You had a chance to speak to uh, Jason uh, earlier in the week, uh, but I would like to get your thoughts on the passing of uh, Robin Brownlee. You and me kind of developed our relationship in large part uh, because of Robin Brownlee. I know that people thought he was this big, burly, scary guy, but I think you and me both knew he had the heart of a. Uh, you know, he, he was a real warm guy, and he had some sensitivity to. But uh, just your uh, that was obviously tough news uh, a week ago Thursday. We were in Detroit when we found out uh, that Robin had passed away. Yes, and, and it was not uh, it was tough because you know, to, to, throughout the years I got to know Robin as a, as, a, as a human being because as you know, the job of, of being a tough guy, Robin played um, you know, lacrosse and you know a bit, one, one thing or two about fighting and because of that we exchanged a lot and we talked a lot about it, about fighting, and he helped me out a lot about it. So, you know, I was a rookie coming into the league and he knew all the guys that were there and how they were and, and the mental part of it because it's not easy. You come 
from Montreal, you don't speak English much, you go in there, you take number 27, people think you're going to be the next Dave Semenko, and then it's like, oh my God, George, what are you doing? So, you know, he was there helping me out through like all this, and it was amazing because I needed that. I needed someone like that. That Because as you know, when you're a tough guy, you can't go, like I can't go ask the other guys on the team. I can't show them that I'm worried. I can't ask that because, you know, they were on me to protecting them. If, you know, you're not supposed to say that you're scared. You're not supposed to say anything, right? Robin understood that, like, like the pressure that there was, uh, even though, you know, like, um, you know, like, you're not supposed to say anything, but he understand it. So because of it, it was awesome. It was so important. And then uh, that's why to me, it's like, uh, I felt so fortunate, the fact that I had a guy like that, that, that I could talk to every time I got into fights and stuff. I remember the time that I, that, the time that I fought Boogeyman in Minnesota and, and the morning skate of it, I was very, very nervous because it just broke Todd Segedorek's face. And I was like worried, but I didn't tell anyone, but Robin kind of knew what I was feeling. And then we talked about it. So no, he was an awesome man uh, to, to talk with. And even when I played with other team, we always stayed in touch. And I visited him a couple of times, him and his family. So I was in shock when I learned of his passing. Yeah, I know that when you were with Arizona, Phoenix at that time, uh, you had an option of Calgary or Pittsburgh, and uh, we were doing the trade deadline day, and you called and you, you know, you said, what do you think, Bob? What do you think, Robin? It was pretty funny. But you also, George, played one of your funniest practical jokes. in Minnesota, back to Minnesota, yeah. and I think it involved their current assistant coach, Darby Hendrickson, and Robert Brownlee. So if you could PG-13 tell the story for everybody, because it's pretty funny stuff. Yeah, you know, uh, I wasn't playing that game in Minnesota, and uh, when you're not playing, there's there was three rows of press box. I was in the third row, the media is in the first row, and the guys not playing for Minnesota were in the second row. So in the third row, I could see Robin watching the game, his computer taking notes because I don't know if he was with a journal of the sun at the time. And I was throwing pennies at his head, like from the third balcony. And then, you know, it hurt, you know, and like <laughs> turned out his head. And as you know, his head was not hard to miss. But because I was three levels up and I'm looking at the game, I never looked at him. He never suspected it was me. So I threw it a couple of times, and then he looked back. He didn't see anything, but I kept throwing it again. And when I did, he looked back, and the closest person he saw was Darby Ardrickson that was in the second balcony. So he started yelling at him. He started giving it to him, but Darby didn't know why he was yelling at him. He just didn't see anything. <laughs> he just kept yelling at him, and then, and then it, it, that was it. So I stopped after that. I was dying, like I, I was holding myself. I was like, okay, George, don't ask too much. So I, w I was dying and it, w it was the funniest thing. And then I stopped throwing pennies at him. I didn't say anything all game. And just before we went into the bus, I like, Robin, I gotta tell you something. And he's like, what? I was like, uh, I'm the one that threw pennies at you when you yell at Darby Andrews. And it wasn't him, it was me. When I said that to him outside the bus, I'll never forget it. He put his back down, he looked at me, he's like, George, 
I don't care that you're bigger than me. Let's go right now. Let's go. He wanted to fight me right now. Kind of like when you went after me when I fought you, when I hit you, and then you went after me because you wanted to go also. He had enough. His face was red. It's like, let's go. I was like, come on, Robert. It's like, George, I don't care. Let's go right now. You think that's funny? And he yelled at me. So and I kept saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I was laughing. And then because of the way that I was, he kind of diffused a bit, but he yelled at me a lot. But when I went in the bus, the coach, everyone was like, what did you do to Robin, George? Why is he so mad at you? I was like, oh, something stupid again. I, I, I was a stupid prankster. I did stupid <laughs> stuff all the time. So it was, it was dumb of me, but that's how I was, you know? You know, the job that I had was so stressful that I needed moments like this to loosen up. I needed that yeah. because it's a stress job that I had. So I was joking around all the time to keep things light. And that was the type of things that I would do. <laughs> oh, it's funny. Uh, I, I, know, I know you saw the race. Uh, we were at Edmonton Eskimo's training camp. No, I didn't see the and, race yet. But, but Jason promised Ron, me. Well, when Kevin Carrius filmed it. Yeah, but Ron, we gotta, to this. We got to see if... Bob, listen. We, Bob, listen. I'm coming for the funeral on the 28th. And Jason is going to give me a copy of it because I didn't see it yet. Kevin Curious is making me a copy so I could see it for the first time when you raised him. Well, the funny part was, so he, I, I was like, because he used to, so here's the thing. I first met Robin when he was doing the U of A. Like in like 1989, 90, like when I was a student and like George, I was like 50 pounds lighter than right now. Right. Like I was like 195, 200 pounds and in pretty good shape. And I meet Robin and I'm like, who is this guy? Like he's a he was a bigger guy, but he was straight from Kamloops. And uh, and then that was like so about 15 years later, I'm thinking it was 05 or 06. By this point, he's on my show and you're on the show in large part because of him on Total Sports. And he just he I'd never seen him run like like, you know, when you're out at football, you chuck the football around. I never seen him like, you know, John Sexsmith would come out or Kevin Carrius would yeah. come out. Kevin and me did the Golden Bears. We'd be chucking the football around. I never saw Robin ever do any of that stuff. So just out of the blue, he's like, let's have a race. I'm like, are you serious? And, I, and so I had my dress shoes on, so I took my shoes off, and and I thought he told me he'd had like a couple knee operations, and uh, anyways, long story short, he was so far behind me by about the 25-yard mark, I couldn't see him. And I thought, did I miss him? And he's over my other shoulder, and I spun back really quickly. And I lost my balance, and but I still did a forward roll, and I beat him when I I ahead of him, and the entire offensive line was howling, and then Mr. Campbell, Hugh Campbell, the general manager, goes, Bob, I knew there was no way you were going to lose to that larger gentleman. <laughs> it was just, it was just funny. My money was on you, and if you knew Hugh, Hugh was not a guy that would ever gamble in his life. All right, George, we're going to switch focus. That's great. You're coming on the 28th. I'm looking forward to seeing you there. Um, uh, I, I I was at the, the, the christening for Sam when uh, a number of years ago with Robin as well. But I, I, I want to ask you a little about this. The Edmonton Oilers on our 12-game winning streak, George. They have won 20 of their last 23 games. George, they haven't given up more than two goals against 
in their last 10 games. P.K. Subban went on uh, ESPN Pat McAfee and said it's it's Connor McDavid. The listeners disagree. They don't think it's Connor McDavid. They think they're playing a team game. I know you stay up late to watch the Oilers every night on the uh, when you're out east. What do you see? Okay, so yeah, P.K. He's not watching the game to say that because uh, you're looking at all the the game lately too. Uh, Connor is limited to a point a game. He got dry title, four point the other game, four goal. That plays the hero. Zach Hyman is playing the hero with the goal scoring. You're getting contribution from everywhere. You know, Connor, Connor is at a regular pace right now, which is not a Connor pace, and we're winning. So that shows you <laughs> that it comes, the contribution comes from everywhere. So PK's wrong. It's not Connor, it's everyone. Because now, um, the one thing that we could see is that the Oilers are limiting the, uh, like, the, the defensemen are no longer a free highway where everybody could just come in and shoot from anywhere and get quality chances. Now it makes it easier for the goalie to make the save because they're playing a tighter game defensively. And I would have never thought that with Paul Coffey that was going to happen. But, yeah, you know, changing the coach changed a lot of things because – you know, Bob, when, you know, the, 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 the former coach were there and, and, and all the players liked him and they said that he, should, he shouldn't have went away and he shouldn't have lost his job. Jay, Jay Woodcroft you're referring to. When a, yes. When the players like the coach too much, there's a comfort level that is there. And when a comfort level that is there, what happens is that you're content. The coach is not as hard on you as it is. That's why when you change coaches, then it's different because you send a wave, a shock wave to the dressing room, and then guys are like, you know what? We have to pick it up. And they needed to do that. What Kroc was a good man, but at the end of the day, coaches, after a couple years, that's why you have to change them. You have no choice. Look at what's going on in, in L.A. Now they're looking at L.A. five years that has been there. They could miss the playoffs. The others just passed them. This could cost him his job. So after three, four years, you have to change a coach. So the others, the new coach comes in, new mentality, and now the others are playing better defensively. And now look how good Skinner has been looking. Skinner is the same Skinner as he was being in the season. It's just that defensively now, the others are playing a much better tight game, and then it helps them win. Now they could win close game, which is before. If they didn't score five or six goals, they would lose the game. George, listen to these numbers since November the 24th. George LaRock for Conlon Motorsports. Edmonton is 20-3. and three. That's an 870 winning percentage. That's the best in the NHL. The Oilers lead the league in goals four over the last 23, since November the 24th, with 3.96. The Edmonton Oilers are second in goals against. Only Winnipeg's better. Edmonton's at uh, 2.13. So first in goals for, second in goals against. Their power play is fourth. George, their penalty killing is third. Their shots on goal is second. And their shots against, George, is third. They're top three in everything since November the 24th, George. We're, we're talking almost two months. Yeah, and imagine if they didn't have a slow start where they would be right now. And you know what? They'd be it's first. Good because, yeah, and you know what's good about it? Is that it, it humbles you. The Oilers, before the season starts, all the players knew that the expectation was the cup. 
they're one of the favorites to win the cup because they're the one that gave the hardest run to the Vegas last year to, to, to win the cup. The hardest series was against Edmonton. That was the hardest one. So now, before the season starts, you think that, you know, maybe it is going to be a bit easier. They got humble with the beginning of the season. And now, maybe that's what they needed because look at them now. Look at the, the way they're playing now. And you know what? They're going to be better because even the can is playing hurt. He's not 100%. He has a nagging injury. Many players will not be playing with the injury that he has right now. He's playing anyway. When he's close to 100%, this team going to get into another level. So that's why it's awesome. And they're going to add a couple the more. Right time. They'll add a couple more players, too. Yeah, and it's awesome that they're picking at the right time because, uh, man, it's like it's always better to pick, as you know, towards the end of the season than in the beginning having a strong start and finishing in the bottom because now they figured it out and they're going to be a they're going to they're going to be a very tough team to beat. George, great stuff. Enjoy your time in Seattle and in the state of Minnesota, uh, state of hockey in Minnesota. We appreciate you uh, as always taking time to join us here in Oilers now. Awesome, man. I'll see you on the 28th. Yeah, you bet. That is George LaRock for Throwback Friday with George LaRock. It's brought to you by Conlon Motorsports. They'll help you get out there. Visit one of Conlon Motorsports for locations across the province of Alberta or online at conlonmotorsports.ca. Guests and orders now receive gift cards to Japanese Village, Edmonton's favorite place to celebrate your special occasion try a wagyu steak today when we come back brendan escott will have the oilers now prospect report for reface magic it's 622 at edmonton you're listening to oilers now with close to 35 years in business brent ridge ford has many loyal long-term customers if you currently own an f-150 and you can uh well you can get up to sixteen thousand dollars off in a new f-150 this year if you want to be treated fairly at every aspect of vehicle ownership and get award-winning service call our friends at brent ridge ford 780-352-6048 ask for rich johnny and uncle milt in sales and kevin margie and mike in service remember cars cost less in wetasquin as promised at 626 we head off into the there's now prospect report for Reface Magic. Save money on your kitchen renovation. Don't replace. Reface. Here's Brennan Escott. You know, it's interesting when you look at how Bakersfield's doing this year because the results and the winning, it's all been there, but the scoring has been really balanced and not a ton of it is coming from what you would consider Edmonton's prospects, per se. Lots of Seth Griffith and Drake Kajula, Lane Peterson. It's Raph Lavoie with his 11 goals that actually paces the team in that category. 18 points in 24 American League games for Lavoie. And then some names that we're not thinking enough about right now, unfortunately. Guys like Xavier Borgo with just 11 points in 30 games this year for the Condors. Ty Tulio uh, obviously was dealing with injury. Uh, six points in 16 games for uh, what we expected to be maybe a, a steal later in the draft uh, in the Tulio realm there. We'll see if he catches uh, any traction, Bob. Jaden Group is a player that's got eight points in 30 games in his first first year of pro hockey as well yeah yeah the big one that's concerning for me is is what's going on with borgo i mean that's a first round draft choice you'd be hoping that there'd be a little bit more juice offensively um 
hasn't come to fruition yet. Again, in Holloway's case, and we could see him back as early as tomorrow for the Edmonton Oilers. To me, he's an NHL player. Broberg is close. And, I mean, I think he's an injury away, and then he's automatically in for the Edmonton Oilers. He's playing a ton right now down in Bakersfield. Olivier Rodrigue has emerged as a story for the Edmonton Oilers this season as well. So those are the positives. Um, but certainly, Borgo has been too quiet, in my opinion. He's played on a line with McCaig and Tulio, and not much going on there uh, for them offensively. But the team as a whole hasn't been scoring, so that's a given. 628 in Edmonton. Bob, the team is playing incredible hockey. However, it feels a couple ads can cement them as a legitimate cup contender. Perry up front would be a great fit. On the backhand, a CC upgrade may be prudent. Pareko and Chikrin are two names that would be an upgrade thoughts. Well, Pareko's a righty, Chikrin's a lefty. Pareko's big money, six and a half million bucks. I'm not sure how you make that, uh, you make that work wild, Bill. I, I like Pareko as a player. He's represented by Edmonton's Jerry Johansson. Daniel the day, Cody Cece's a plus player the last five seasons in the National Hockey League. Plays 20 minutes a game. He's 3.25 million. You can't have everything in a cap system. 629 in Edmonton. David Staples coming up uh, from the Cult of Hockey on a couple different topics. Uh, Breed Wilkins in the final half hour of the show as well. This day in Oilers history with an interesting side note coming. But not before we go to a Global News Weather Traffic Update. Thomas Dyes.